0: so uh a couple of my co-workers at the academy museum free plug uh (laughs) uh told me like this weekend the new beverly was showing uh seven samurai and they both went to see it and i have never seen that movie
1: wow i
2: wish
1: i could have i wish i could have gotten out to see it that would have been nice. You know, we went to go see it with a couple of, of friends of ours. Did you? <laughs> and podcast co-hosts.
3: And I was there too.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Matt Gorley? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second.
2: Womp, like womp. Crossover.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you could say it's on my list. <laughs>
1: My name's Alisa Gonzalez, and
4: I have seen Seven Samurai.
3: I'm Andrew Lindy, and I have seen Seven Samurai.
4: I'm Bethany Brinton, and I have not seen Seven Samurai. I'm Cheryl Jones, and I have not seen Seven Samurai.
3: And
5: I'm Joe Myers, and I had not seen Seven Samurai. And this is It's On
3: My List. wanted to ask everyone who hadn't seen Seven Samurai before how how did this fit what you thought it was now that you've seen it?
0: For me uh, it it was not quite what I thought it would be. like mm-hmm. I knew you know the Magnificent Seven was based on it, so it had been turned into a western, but I didn't realize that it was the most western Eastern movie. I was ever going to see like yeah I was kind of surprised by like honestly I really thought hard about canceling out on this recording (laughs) because (laughs) I was like I just you know I don't have very much time and I don't want it's three and a half hours and I don't want to put that in and I'm probably not going to like it that much and (laughs) I want to catch up on Doom Patrol and I'm not going to have any time for that or so I finally talked myself into like, okay, just sit down and watch it. And if you have it to spread it across two days, fine. And yeah, I watched the whole thing and I loved it. So, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't because it moved so much faster and was so much more, yeah, I guess Western than what I expected it to be.
4: Yeah, same, I guess. And also different. I, I've, I've also seen Magnificent Seven. Um, and I was kind of in my head as I was watching the movie, I was, Remembering the template of Magnificent Seven going yeah. okay, so that's this guy and that's this person Yeah, but then it it, it does differ in like some significant ways, but kind of like Cheryl I was I was paying attention the whole time Like I, I wasn't bored really at any point in time and I had seen some other actually I think also on HBO max uh, It's like one or two other Old-school Japanese samurai stories kind of made around the same time but they focused more on either one or two characters at a time, and that's it. And each of these movies, you know, like two-hour movies, is essentially like almost like a a whole season of a TV show condensed into two hours, and then like the quote-unquote sequel movie is literally just picking up on the same frame that the last movie left off on. So you're kind of meant to watch like these five films in sequence to see this like grand story of these one or two people. And those, like I was paying attention but it was a lot of effort <laughs> yeah. it it took some like focusing and some some reminding myself to put down my phone when I was watching those and so I was a little bit cognizant of that going into this going like okay am I gonna like it I don't know like uh, I'll I'll try to pay attention kind of like Cheryl and then like immediately I was like okay no this is great yeah. because yeah it, it is very western where it's 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 the story of a bunch of different people viewing one goal from like different angles and so you're never really bored you can kind of see what one character is doing while the others are doing something else but it's also not so much that you get kind of lost in the uh in the shuffle which which can uh, tend to happen with some of these like bigger ensemble stories but no this was really well done and and I think Joe mentioned that I mean he saw it at the theater a couple days ago and then saw it again today like I wouldn't have a problem turning this on like tomorrow or the next day
1: (laughs) that makes me so happy (laughs) (laughs)
5: i went most of my life thinking that i watched this when i was like seven or eight years old and then sitting in the new beverly i quickly realized that i think i just was told about this movie a lot after i saw the magnificent seven because I, i i hadn't seen it i didn't remember anything that happened in it for myself And I think the plot itself unfolded kind of how I thought. And because of the length, I knew what that was going in. I'm like, okay, I think we'll get a a lot of building of characters. They'll probably take like a good hour to get the group of samurai together. Then we'll spend an hour training the, the peasants and the people and the farmers to fight these bandits. And then the last hour will be the big, or hour and a half, will be the battle. And that's kind of how it happened. What I didn't expect, though was how much comedy and yeah. funny bits were in yeah. this movie.
0: Yeah. And I think maybe that's why I feel like, I, why I'm using that word Western, like, cause it has that. Yeah. I think the, any like older Japanese films that I've seen before have not been so funny. And I think that might be what it is, is you get so much personality in it from each character. Like everybody mm-hmm. has a distinct personality and that really makes it interesting to watch them. And then, uh, yeah, you get that uh, so much comedy in it that, yeah, it kind of, I don't know, it was surprising to me, but then I think, you know, I really haven't watched that many Japanese films, so I don't know what I'm basing that on, but...
3: <laughs> I, I was going to say, Cheryl, have, uh, do you, are you aware if you've seen any other films by Kurosawa?
0: I, it, like, I would, I think I have, but I can't say for sure, so... <laughs> Yo, Yojimbo is,
3: is maybe one oh. that... I think most people would have seen, but maybe not i don't um, think so I, is, who did Rashomon? I love Yojimbo, and it's um it has a lot of comedy as well, and it's also yeah. about a, a samurai who goes into a town to to kind of play two gangs against each other oh. so it has it has a lot of comedy even though it's very much about like killing a lot of people yeah <laughs> it's and i I think that's what's interesting with um seven Samurai is that because it is kind of in that style of like an epic you know it is it is such a long movie it has to balance the the comic moments with the dramatic moments Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's also uh bethany you were kind of saying this it's this is one of like the earliest films to have the you know getting a group together to do a to do a job together kind of thing where it's all of these different Samurai have to come together for one job. It's like mm-hmm. kind of like uh, later Oceans. heist films do that. Yeah. And
4: like, I didn't put that together until like the movie started and they were like trying to rope these people into this thing. I was like, oh my God. I mean, if anybody's seen the Rick and Morty thing, like, feel free to beat me. But it's the cliche where they make fun of the heist movies in the one episode where they all go, ah, oh, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> Which has been done to death now. But right. um, it, it, it's totally that like you you, and maybe with the exception of because they didn't really focus on like oh this guy's good at that or that guy's good at that thing other than like oh he's a good swordsman but I mean that's kind of what a samurai needs to be so they didn't really get people for their specific skills but rather for their personalities and just kind of the fact that they said sure (laughs) (laughs) right but but it it definitely at least in in uh, story structure kind of fits that mold
5: so it was fun as going okay I saw that in this movie I saw it in this there was a whole episode of season 1 of the Mandalorian that was this
1: oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had never heard the bug's life reference and then until I think, mm-hmm. I think you Andrew mentioned it that you know the night we saw it and I'm like oh my god yes
4: <laughs> it's the exact same thing yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's more it's more
3: kittyified, but sure it's it's more, more
4: kittyfied and it's and it's like comed- like or, and 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 then in bugs life the whole the whole punchline is that like none of them are are fighters they're all just performers right <laughs> which i think is kind of cool it's like a nice spin but
3: that yeah that's it's that is its own funny weird yes. take that i yes. think other films and tv episodes have ripped off
4: <laughs> yeah oh hundred percent.
5: The other thing that I loved about this movie and that I didn't really expect, but I probably should have, is how much social commentary was packed into it. Like mm-hmm. this and Godzilla were made at the same time. Mm-hmm. I love Godzilla, but if I watch it, it feels like I'm watching a 1950s monster movie. If you had told me that someone filmed this in the old style last year and it came out today... I'd be like, yeah, I can see that because all the social commentary is ringing true from stuff today. But it was true way back then as well. Right. And I liked all the little subplots. Like I didn't mind that it was three and a half hours long because I was interested in what was happening with these characters like all the way through from the the farmers all the way up to the samurai themselves and beyond. Like it it was just captivating.
3: Oh, speaking uh, of the the farmers, uh, that village, huh? That was like a real village that they made.
4: Oh, really? I'm not surprised. I mean, as soon as they started setting fire to things, I was like, oh, <laughs> well, this guy goes all in. <laughs> because, it, like, And then especially at the end during the the like the sort of uh, penultimate battle or at least the final battle like in, in the mud when, when you see like riders being dragged by horses, you're like, oh, this was at a time where that's a real person. <laughs> right.
5: Well, the, the studio actually wanted him to film like on sets and I'm glad he stuck to what he wanted in his vision and said, no, because that made it feel even more real. It was almost like I was peeking back through time and watching this unfold or that, you know, somehow a camera had transported back then and just recorded it all for us to watch documentary style.
0: Right. Well, that was a note that I had made where uh, I wrote for a foreign film set in an ancient era. It's amazingly accessible. Which is and I wrote no small feat of writing directing acting you know that yeah. that everything could come together and make something because you know you can you can make a movie any, a, a King Arthur movie whatever set in that kind of era and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't because sometimes it just feels like it's too much that right but mm-hmm. for this movie from 1954 which is also set in an ancient era and like <laughs> but it like you said the the social commentary is still very current, and just the whole style of the movie and the enjoyability of it still feels really modern to me.
1: Um, I had read that um he used uh multiple camera angles so that you know for 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 many reasons because most of the takes were done in you know just one or a couple shots, but the actors never knew which camera was going to be the focal point so they Uh. had to act as if you know they were act in the moment truly and that's why you got some of the the great performances and how they had to you know kind of overact too because some of the cameras were Mm -hmm. you know further away or whatever but um
0: yeah it seems like that would put you yeah way more in the moment because you're then you're focusing well I've got to focus on my scene partner and this scene yeah rather than because I don't know where the cameras are not where they are, but where they're shooting from Anytime, time. Yeah, that's really interesting.
5: That, and I read that Kurosawa, like, he controlled the main camera. And then the only time he went to second unit footage is if there was something he couldn't get in his own coverage. Or if, as the story unfolded, he was like, oh, I forgot to get that. Let me grab this and throw this in there. So between him already storyboarding everything and knowing just in his head what he wanted as well, uh, and he edited Like, they would film all during the day or night, if it was night shoots or whatever. And then when they were done for the day and wrapped up, he would go in and start editing. Wow. So as they were still filming this forever in a day, he was editing forever in a day as well. Wow. And I want to anger a lot of film buffs by going. My first thought was just like Kevin Smith
3: does. <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. Kurosawa
3: and Kevin Smith on the same <laughs>
0: level. I
3: don't. <laughs> I do want to say, yeah, Kurosawa's editing is really fantastic. Like it is. Yeah. It's it's not just beautiful, but it's like moving in ways. There's ways that mm-hmm. you know he moves the camera or or does a certain kind of cut where I mean we all said. You know this is a over a three hour movie and we were all like wow that went by so fast like yes. mm-hmm. part of that is i think definitely the the editing making yeah. it not it doesn't slow down too much it doesn't get caught up in anything yeah
0: it's, the pacing is pretty perfect in this mm-hmm. which is amazing yeah
5: yeah it's all fluid it's almost like a dance or something mm-hmm. like that there, there were no like jarring cuts that i recall mm-hmm. And I, I love the I've loved the screen wipes ever since the first time I saw them in Star Wars, and the fact <laughs> that George got say, them from here. I love yeah, I loved every cool. the first time it showed up. I almost out loud went,
4: "Oh yeah."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, there was were it? a couple of those uh, of just camera things that happened that I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I mean, were there a lot of other people at the theater? What was it like seeing it with a crowd? It was a packed I house. Loved,
4: yeah, it was. Oh, it was they packed. sold out all three showings because wow. <laughs> I tried to get tickets to a different one, and they're like, "Nope, uh, wow. standby only." <laughs> so it was.
0: And it
5: was the yeah. comedy played better, I think.
4: Sure.
5: Uh, yeah. it being in the room with a bunch of people laughing, for sure.
0: Yeah, that sounds fun to see it
1: like that.
5: Except for mm. the couple that sat behind us. No.
1: Don't Actually, know. I think they were behind I you, Andrew. I felt so bad for you, Andrew.
3: Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. They were having like a, a running commentary.
4: They were really uh,
1: oh, Yeah. I don't know. They uh, their living well, room. Yeah. I yeah,
4: would have uh I mean it's new Beverly and they're pretty uh they're they're very Alamo draft house in that regard. Yes. So I, I would have go tagged someone's shoulder and be like, "Hey." <laughs> yeah. I I knew you know we're it's in funny. I it.
3: I really didn't let it Bother me, but in and in some cases, I kind of thought it was a little funny. But now I don't remember anything that they said. That's how focused on <laughs> the movie I was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I, was like, I do not care what. Well, these and people... and
4: you're like you're reading subtitles, so it's it's not like you need to exactly hear what they're all saying on screen. But I, right. I can see how that would be yeah. annoying. I do.
3: I, <laughs> the the subtitle thing is interesting. So the the print that we had, uh, right? and so said they said it was from like two thousand one. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't know if that is. Like what most people, I don't know, um, Bethany and Cheryl, what, wh- how you watched the film, but I don't know if that's what's accessible to most people. That that you know those subtitles and that that kind of edit style, or however you want to say uh, it, because we, there is some there. There was like they were calling you know the 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 old man in the mill. They called him old man. There were yeah. like instances of like curse words uh, mm-hmm. that I was like I don't really remember this when I first watched it but I mean I guess it's possible it could yeah, just be that, a I didn't remember the curse
1: words either mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think there were curse words in yeah it was on HBO Max yeah, yeah. there yeah. were and a
4: couple curse words but none...
0: some cause I, I kind of remember going oh wow too So, <laughs> yeah.
4: but it, it felt accessible I remember there were a couple lines where obviously they were like trying uh, making it more English friendly and And kind of implying I think the peasants were having a conversation and, and implying like a, a a casual nature between them like there, there were some like um what's it called contracted words and things like that mm. um, but other than that, nothing really stood out to me it, it, in the translation again, this is the first time I saw it so
0: <laughs>
4: yeah uh,
3: another thing that i I really noticed on this watch um, was kind of the use of like silence there was mm-hmm there was a lot of um, moments where it would like a moment of silence would be used to kind of underscore whatever was going to be said next or whatever was going on in the scene for tension rather than having any kind of score which I thought was really interesting.
4: Yeah a lot of the battles I noticed were without music. The music was kind of only again which is very traditional for Japanese film both at that time and even a little bit today. Um, Music is only there when it absolutely needs to be (laughs) and and in fact there's a point i think i've seen made in a couple of um miyazaki essays where they're like oh yes for the for the like disney dvd release version of whichever one of these uh ghibli movies they had to add in music or they asked joe to to write more music because it'd be friendlier to a western audience because we can't deal with silence Uh (laughs) (laughs) and and frustratingly so i'm sure for a composer who had finished his job and gone home um but yeah the the only and like i can remember the main theme of seven samurai because it's it's used pretty frequently throughout and then i think early on there's like a big trumpet fanfare when you first see that the bandits are like full-on attacking um but other than that there's really no massive like musical moments that I can remember other than something like uh on screen at the end where they're they're singing the song as they as they plant the rice
1: I think I've read something too where they were um, as far you know the beginning there's this this beating drum where they talk about how the uh, the bandits you know they they come on like a like a the sound of thunder and stuff, and as, as the narration kind of stops and goes into the story, that beating drum turns into the sound of the bandits' horses running, you know, up, and I just thought that was so great, and so it just kind of, like you said, it kind of just flows and carries you through the story, you know, with with the cuts and with the music, and even the quiet quiet moments are pretty, pretty amazing, It's it's just, yeah.
5: And I actually appreciated that, and that's part of what made me watch it again today because I I couldn't remember if I was just so focused on what was happening I didn't hear the score or if there was no score. But it was like the the showdown with um was it Kujizo? who was fighting the guy and didn't want to use his actual sword. He was like I'm, I'll kill you if what like oh, yeah. it's, it'll be a waste of your life. Like when they're show like having their showdown, if that was. In an American film, and there was some equivalent to that, we would just be hearing nothing but music blaring at us and like making a big deal about it. But it was so quiet. There was only sounds of birds and whatever was going on while they filmed, and that was it. And even the big climactic battles at the end... Like there was a little bit of, of score used, but nothing like I, I'm used to just being like bombarded with visuals and sound to where yeah. I'm almost numb. And this I wasn't numb for like it carried weight. You got to see every time a bandit got captured and you saw all of those peasants running in and stabbing them with the, the spears like you felt those. And yeah. anytime something happened like th- there were not there were hero moments, but they were done differently than what I'm used to. And it didn't glorify stuff. It's almost kind of like, um, I know Eastwood's Unforgiven plot point wise isn't the same as this, but I think he used the same sort of thing where he's like, I'm going to do a Western where the gunslinger isn't this end all be all God that everyone thinks they are like, it, this is a rough life. And I kind of feel that's how this was as well. Yeah. Like I'm used to like, you know, Kung Fu Sunday Cinema, where like everything's over the top and just done cheesy on purpose. And this was so grounded and so well done. And what Kurosawa put in that script was just like, no, I'm going to show you how what it was really like. Like, yes, they they would pillage people like these poor farmers and do things. And during the Civil War, they you know their lords would die. They wouldn't have anywhere else to go, and they would be starving right along with the peasants. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes they do good. Sometimes they don't. So I I appreciated all of that. It was just, man, it was was this film. This film's really good, you
1: guys. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) I made a note that, that, you know, here it was a movie primarily about violence and war, but it had these scenes, like there was one scene talking about talking and, you know, and that you need to talk and that there was, you know, although like, if, like you say, if we were making this movie in the U.S. today, we would only focus really on all that violence and war stuff. But in this, there was uh, a focus also on, like, concern for what individuals within the story were going through. Like, people sat and talked about, like, hey, you know, you can talk with me. Let's talk, uh, I'll talk this stuff out, you know like mm-hmm. are you okay kind of thing and that really exactly that really surprised me just because it's so different than like you say joe different from what i'm accustomed to and back on the uh the language thing i just realized i did have a note that said it, language i'm not accustomed to in foreign cinema uh casual and rude and i think it was toshiro mifune's character who one time said hot
4: <laughs> just, yeah oh yeah so when he saw the girls <laughs>
0: yeah. it's like wow okay
4: true especially in like a a, a japanese portrayal of like a samurai story again right. c- samurai story <laughs> like like you were saying it's not like oh here's the 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 hallowed samurai on his noble quest yes. <laughs> yeah
2: all it's these guys guy, are just like right? st- yeah. it's
4: just a dude yeah it's just a guy like struggling to to eat or to make a buck yeah and it was just a mercenary no, cool. like yeah yeah
3: <laughs> I think, um, and Toshiro Mifune had, uh, worked with Kurosawa, uh, several times before this and he, uh, Kurosawa had trusted him to kind of go a little off script for mm-hmm. his, some of his rants and drunkenness in his scenes.
1: Yeah. I so heard I thought, that. I he, thought that really added to that. He was a improvising a lot of it too.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, he was brilliant. I mean, Oh yeah, yeah
5: his speech to the other samurai when he brings in all the armor and the weapons oh, and, it, and it's clear that they had gotten them by killing off the samurai who had lost battles near their village. Mm-hmm. And like, they're all even like the best of them. It's just like, now I kind of want to kill them all. And man, the, the venom and anger that he wells up at that scene uh, I, that's now raveling like Quint's scene in Jaws where he's talking about yeah. uh, the USS Indianapolis. And again, later in the movie, when they do set one of the outbuildings on fire that a family had stayed in. And he goes out to get the baby and has a like a breakdown when he gets handed the baby. And he's like, this baby's me because as a child, his village was pillaged by people. His family was killed and he was orphaned. And man, the, the both of those hit hard. Like yeah, I, I love yeah. that guy in this movie, and, and is I've seen I have seen Yojimbo for sure. I know I've seen that, and he's fantastic in that as well. I'd love to do that one for the show at another time, but I know poor Andrew's already done it for his.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love your Jimbo. so I don't. I don't All right, have good. It. I haven't maybe seen next it, year.
0: So, yeah, I don't
2: well, think I've seen it my list. either. Uh,
3: but there are plenty. I mean, this is. I think this was kind of our. Choice for getting into Kurosawa, yeah, um mm-hmm. who I mean over his career directed like thirty movies uh, wow so and yeah. and in a lot of different genres, you know, he did samurai, he did noir, um you know his later ones kind of get a little more um metaphorical, i guess, okay, <laughs> um but i I mean, I've liked pretty much everything that I've seen from Kurosawa, so I wouldn't mind. Yojimbo know, or any any other film of his if we I'm, uh, I'm looking through
0: him. his filmography right now to see whether I have actually ever watched one of his movies before that I know of and so far the answer, oh he did do Rashomon, I don't know that I've seen that uh, I honestly think this might, yeah, looks like this is the first time I have for sure watched one of his films how crazy is that yeah, I think I it's might the only have one
4: seen I've Ron. Seen him. I don't know. I don't think I, I did. was gonna yeah. say Ron. I think I so having never seen either excuse me neither Ron nor um, Seven Samurai. I think I was expecting this more to be like Ron, <laughs> knowing a little about both of them, and kind of. I mean, Ron is more of like a, a huge sweeping epic, and mm. um, and 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 Shakespeare, obviously. Yeah, Ron um, is like
3: his Macbeth or something.
4: Uh, Lear. Oh, okay. King Lear, yes. Um, but, and then and then thinking back on Magnificent Seven, which I, I kind of need to go watch again, um, I, I expected the movie to kind of build in the way that it did, like Joe was saying, but I also thought it was going to be like, oh, the bandits rush the village, and then they attack, and then that's it, instead of like, attack retreat, attack, retreat, attack, retreat, attack, retreat, which, which made it interesting, because then we have more time for those moments. And again, it's it's not like they're all rushing in at, at the front gate, they're coming in from like the north, the east, south, west. Hmm. Because if, uh, I must be remembering this, in, I don't know, in Magnificent Seven, which is obviously a much shorter film, and it's a western, and so it's a gunfight rather than a, a primarily uh, katana fight here. Uh, the nature of gunfights are, are different from uh, <laughs> from uh, horseback riding and, and cutting down with blades. And so I think that one plays out more like one long, drawn-out battle, like instead of attacking and retreating and then over and over and over again. And, and if it's in a... Att- oh, God, I'm going to be eating my words if I'm wrong. From if, if they do like attack and go back, it's maybe like once or twice. But from what I recall... It's basically they, they all get pinned down and they have to like shoot their way out of it or something. But
3: I'm gonna say shame shamefully, I've only seen the remake Magnificent Seven. was oh, wow. wow. like Chris Pratt and whoever else was in that one.
4: Who? What?
3: Denzel. Well, yeah, Benzel, that was not I, did, did.
4: I did watch that oh. one on cable, and it's just it's OK, if only for the score. Actually, I was I was talking to a friend about this. or I was yeah, like, oh, I'm going to watch Seven Samurai. Original. And they're like, oh, I've never seen that, but I've seen. but, and, and I'm like, oh, it's Magnificent Seven. They're like, I've never seen that either. I'm like, what? And then I'm like, but you know the theme. And they started singing me the theme music. I'm like, just watch the movie. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
5: So I did watch the original Magnificent Seven today. Also, after I finished Seven Samurai, oh, wow. because I wanted to see how different it was, and it, it, it the end is actually kind of. Really different because the gunfighters get rounded up and thrown out of the village. The The bad guys actually take the yes. village over and they have to they have to actually be the ones that ride back in guns blazing to retake yes. it.
4: OK, I knew there was a thing that happened. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I,
5: I do really like that movie. It pales in comparison to Seven Samurai now that I've seen it, but only because it's shorter and it cuts mm-hmm. out a lot of the side plots in the heart of the story that I mm-hmm. enjoy in this but, yeah, it's still a great film.
4: They're two very different movies. Yes, almost. <laughs> They're sure. about as different as, as Bugs Life is different from Magnificent <laughs> Seven. <2007. laughs>
0: we'll be back with more It's On My List.
5: Hey, folks, this is Joe Myers. When I'm not waxing poetic about classic and cult films that I should have watched ages ago, you can hear me talk all things horror on the podcast macabre with my fellow co host Chris Duck. And Jenny Duquette. Join us each week for horror-related news, movie and show reviews, film franchise focuses, director and actor spotlights, and much more.
3: Podcast Macabre is available via our website, our Libsyn hosting site, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, with new episodes available every Monday.
2: You can find us at podcastmacab.com
0: and follow our social media accounts on Facebook and under at Podcast Macabre on
4: Twitter and Instagram.
5: So, friends, please subscribe to, rate, and review the show. And remember, don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in it.
4: Hey, if you just can't get enough of It's On My List and you're looking for some extra content, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pod. Thanks.
3: To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Nothing new is something new. That great poets imitate and improve. Where our small
4: ones steal and spoil.
3: Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And if it wasn't readily apparent at that, we're huge nerds about remakes. That's why we're doing the Nothing New Podcast.
4: Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a remake in detail and its original, covering them in whatever order they come out, from it was to it and
3: beyond. They're remaking Stuart Gordon's 1986 sci-fi horror classic from beyond? Oh, no yet oh that's gonna be a long time coming anyway if that sounds up your alley come join justin and i and maybe a guest or two to explore the wonderful world of remakes film by film remakes have been done forever people talk but scarface don't even know that was a remake oh nicely said don't thank me thank antoine fuqua
1: (laughs) one of my favorite plot lines is is the guns and the you know the well what was it they call it a musket
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: how they acquired the two that they did was just, those are my f- favorite, favorite scenes. That was, you that have was one
4: of my the, laugh out loud moments, I think. In you, but one you also me.
1: have the, the, the badass. you know, my, my favorite character is um, the really serious guy and I'm going to mess yeah. up his name. Oh.
4: He, was so um,
1: cool. um, 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 he played Kyuzo. Yeah. And just how, you know, that there was that quiet tension where he's gone and he's gone, and it's just fog, and they're all getting antsier and antsier, and you really feel that time drawn out. And then you see that figure slowly coming back, you know, and then he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go take a nap now.
0: Yeah, like, here you go. In yeah. comparison Done. with
1: the other way, which was one of the most hilarious movie <laughs> scenes. You know, I, I just love that so much. And I think they used that type of scene again in Fury Road when... He goes, uh, uh, the man you know, Mad Max goes to stop the, 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 the guy with the machine gun that's shooting after him. And he just goes off into the fog and you hear about, you know, you hear all the explosions and then he, someone's coming back and, you know, it's Max. And then he just kind of, you know, done, finished it, you know, did, did yeah. my duty. <laughs> and it's just, I just loved it and appreciate it so much.
5: I do love that scene because one of the women are like, oh, my God, are you okay? And then Furious is like, it's not his blood. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. I, you know, yeah, I know. We, we could honestly do a five-hour podcast just talking about the cast alone.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like if we go into into one particular story, then we could do that for all seven of them. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> and it, it, that would uh, that would leave Andrew with like four hours to edit. But, all the uh, cast was just fantastic. From, yeah,
5: from start to finish, from the samurai to the peasants and everything. Yeah. I mean, Mafune was, of course, my favorite of this because right. he was supposed to be right. But uh, the guy that played uh, Kambe, like the leader, the older samurai, mm-hmm.
2: yes.
5: he was Fantastic. so good. Yeah, I mean, amazing. just, yeah, I, I was floored by his performance and how great he was. Like, the fact this didn't get every Academy Award just makes me want to weep.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did it get anything? Well, it had two
5: nominations, but it didn't win either. Wow. And they were, I think one was for black and white cinematography, which it totally should have got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong on that, but uh, another I think was like
3: costuming, but it lost both.
0: Okay. Wait, I found it here. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Best best... art
3: direction, set decoration, black and white. Okay. That was close.
5: It should have been nominated for
3: black and white cinematography.
2: Yeah, it was nominated for
3: three
0: BAFTAs and didn't win. It did
3: win the Silver Lion at the Venice Film Festival.
0: Well, that's something.
5: Something called La Strada out of Italy won best foreign language film that year. It wasn't even nominated. La
0: Strada is that a Fellini? La Strada, I've heard of it. I've heard of La Strada. I just, maybe it I is. just assume every, okay. It is, I, good. Well, I gonna say, maybe I just assume everything out of Italy in that era was. That weird, hack. I mean, yeah, right. Poser.
5: Another director who I have never seen any of his films. Oh,
0: well, now we're adding that to your list. Eight and a half. We'll do eight and a half. I don't know if I've seen any of them. I've been thinking I need a rewatch of eight and a half anyway, so.
3: I I remember not while. really enjoying eight and a half when I watched it ten years ago. It's it's so. an unusual
0: film, but I yeah. I deeply enjoy it. I don't
5: know why. Yeah, take that people that think I'm a film student snob. I never went to film school. I'm just
4: a snob. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't That, means see to, that films. just means you got to watch the ones that you wanted to watch <laughs> instead of the ones you were forced to watch.
5: <laughs> it just means I was watching Halloween three for the
3: five hundredth time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That means no one forced you to watch Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> No, oh, no, no. We
0: have a, we have a, I think we have a screening of that coming up at the uh, oh, museum. If you want to go see it again, <laughs> I actually thought about it, but didn't have to do
4: Potemkin. I only remember either the good movies in film school, mm-hmm. uh, or the ones that were ruined for me. I mean, I, th- I think I told my Godfather story during that episode, but I, I will never, never ever forget. <laughs> Our teacher literally asking us, who's seen this movie? Three hands went up, and then we stopped watching it at a very pivotal point, and then she goes, ah, you know, well, then this happens next, and we're like, what? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, you asked us if we had seen it why would you do that I'll <laughs> oh, never bad. forgive her I hope you
1: spoiled <laughs> every movie for her and the rest of the She course.
4: was she was a French auteur uh, history teacher there's nothing I could have spoiled for her except for Avengers which she didn't care about <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, you can spoil the, um, the ennui of the Hulk
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord no, she was nice. She was a good teacher, aside from that one painful slip-up. <laughs> I did like La Jete, so there we go. And oh, I still yeah. haven't seen 12 Monkeys, so there you go. Oh. <laughs> Both good. <laughs> That's yeah. Some good ones.
3: I think, you know, part of when we cover a movie like this, when we choose to do an episode on a movie that is over three hours long and in Japanese and from mm-hmm. 1954... <laughs> I think what we're trying to say is like this is still. I mean, Joe, you said it. This is still relevant. This yeah. is still it, and it's very accessible. And yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's even at times it's beautiful. Like the editing and the the acting is is moving. Like it is not, you know, I. I wonder if people really do think like, oh, that's old. I don't want to watch it. And it's like,
0: well, I mean, that you should watch it. That's how I felt about it. And it's part of why I've never seen it before. Because it's just like, oh, it's just it's a big, long, old, black and white, yeah.
4: Japanese. Uh, <laughs> You're yeah, like, that's long. That's old. That's foreign. Right. Like, I don't speak I don't, the language. Yeah, it's like, not in I color. What, what is this? <laughs> like,
0: uh, you know, I've, seen, oh, I've seen The Magnificent Seven. That's enough, right? But right, right. You know, like it. But it's so easy to just sort of write it off like that. It's long. You know, like I said, I kind of had to force myself to sit down and watch it because I didn't want to. But yeah, once you do, it's like, oh, okay. Well, no wonder this is such a, a classic. Why people love it so much because it's actually like legit, a really great movie. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know why it's so hard to like just go into a movie like that. Like,
4: yeah. Whenever, whenever I have that thought, cause I do have that thought. Cause we all do before mm. we sit down and watch an old thing we've never seen. We're like, ah, can I do this? I don't know. Um, i I always think to myself especially in the era of netflix where they have like four new movies a week i'm like i have turned off more new films than i've ever turned off (laughs) films made not in my generation like this past week i started watching like three movies and i'm like these are all terrible (laughs) not Not with this one yeah no there's a reason it's still around (laughs) this
1: is one movie where you know when you know when we Review, you know, talk about past films, and you know, would we recommend this to somebody else? And I'll, you know, I'll be like, well, there's some people who I, if I think that they would like it, I, you know, I would, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you should check it out. I would recommend everyone see this movie. Yeah. Whether you, whether you, you know, you like this style or you know, if you think you can sit through a, you know, two and a half hour long movie, whatever. I just, you know, it's it's such. A good movie on so many levels that I I just think everyone would appreciate it. And if you don't, I don't know what's going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's so much there's so much to hold on to in, in it. Besides like you know, okay, there's the really neat like samurai aspect and then yeah, there's comedy to grab onto, there's action, there's like you say, quiet moments and you know, it's got a bit of everything and should pretty much please everybody, I think. Yeah.
5: That it's inspired so many filmmakers oh, yeah. that I grew up watching, and who are making films now, and they use pieces either the editing style or whatever it might be, and I, which I think makes this film still feel more contemporary than it mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. because it's still being dissected and used in current films today. If you like any action movie, heist movie, James Bond movie, anything that's been made since 1954, this movie probably influenced part of that. And you're going to find a piece of those movies somewhere in this three and a half hours. So there's an end almost for anyone. I mean, like we said, Pixar, Bugs Life Mm -hmm. is this movie. If you liked that growing up and you've never seen this, jump right into this. It's it's probably going to be your bag as well.
1: The three amigos. Yeah. The three, yes. Oh, my gosh,
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. You're right.
1: Oh, I mean, wow. they they can sew. That's what they do. When they... <laughs>
0: oh, wow.
1: I did want to...
3: uh I kept thinking how um, brutal it was every time that the villagers were just stabbing their bamboo spears at a... Yes. At, yeah. a, at a bandit. And I was just like, I can't even... Like, I can't even imagine being in that situation but it's like imagine dying by 15 bamboo stabs
2: like, that's
4: not <laughs> horrible.
0: Well, well, and, then, the, and
4: the go ahead cheryl
0: oh no i was just gonna say but i had made a note that there were some wounds in that final battle that weren't exactly fatal like it looked like one guy died after being stabbed in the butt and <laughs> it was like okay some of these are going a little Yeah.
4: Well, and I think the implication was like once they once they were hit or like dragged off their horse that they were essentially dead. So like villagers would go in to rush them. But um, and and I think part of the reason that that all of those deaths felt so brutal is like I can't remember who said, but like all of those uh, bandits were isolated. So like you saw every single one fall and get attacked. It wasn't just like a mob of people. Whereas in like in action movies today, it's just like. Hailstorm of bullets bad guys move up four flights of stairs and like shoot 15 of them and and the other reason is i think also at next to his map he has a bubble for each bandit they have to murder and you see him x out each one yeah yeah they give you a countdown
1: essentially they
4: give you a a countdown and and like a goal and um and i think one of the moments that i really resonated with me at least was what is the villager's name? The, the the guy that looks terrified all the time. The guy that looked terrified <laughs> um, from the beginning. They yeah. stole the rice from him. Yeah. And Manzo? and he's kind of Manzo, right? yes. Yeah. Maybe. No. Uh, oh, Yohai. Yohai. Yo-hai. Oh. Yeah. Um okay, yeah. At at the beginning and and I've I've seen a couple films kind of from this era and there's usually usually a couple of of stereotypes that they'll put in at least if, if not only to, to represent like a group of people. So obviously not all the peasants were terrified, but he kind of represented the ones that were. Um, and so in any situation, whether he was training or whether he was supposed to make rice or whether he was supposed to go deliver a message, he was just like scared out of his mind and kind of overacting and, and doing that sort of like stage sort of thing. And so you in your head, you kind of write him off. Mm-hmm. you 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 write him off, but you see him kind of start form this relationship with uh, with our main guy, our main crazy samurai whose name is also escaping me um, but then the moment where yes, thank you the moment at night where he stabs uh, stabs a bandit and you, that you just look at his face and it's the biggest face he's ever made and he's made a lot of big faces in this movie <laughs> it's the biggest face he's ever made and they s- and like like you said Kurosawa just sits there for like a good 15 seconds and you don't even know what he's looking at and then you finally see it's like oh he's killed someone he's not afraid that someone is going to kill him he's terrified that he's just killed a person right. <laughs> and then yeah. you go on through the movie and and then he he ends up he ends up dying and that's kind of what what makes uh the crazy samurai snap because he's he's taken this this innocence from this farmer which was the innocence that was taken from him and and etc 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 but it's it's kind of that thing where where the stereotype isn't what you think it's going to be or or you kind of write it off and then it comes back to get you (laughs) which is which is another reason I like this movie so much is it 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 kind of it takes each each story and it turns it into something that you don't expect
0: yes agreed
5: now, one of the things that floored me when I was doing research today, Kurosawa's original idea for this movie was to have one samurai and it basically be his whole day from the moment he wakes up till the end. And the journey for him was going to be, he was tasked with doing something or something happened and he failed. He failed in whatever his task for his Lord was. And he ends up like committing suicide at the end of the movie. Now I'm all for a downer ending and I would love to see someone do that movie still, but I'm glad that it it evolved and he actually found accounts of samurai exchanging food for protection where they, you know, they would be starving because of all the civil wars and feuds going on between warlords. So when they were Ronin and had nowhere else to go, they would just camp out for like a week or two at some farm village and just eat their fill of rice every single day and just stand guard every day and every night. So once he read that and he found out that that actually did happen, that's how the genesis for this actual script started. But that, that original idea sounds very awesome as well.
0: Yeah. But not nearly as much fun as this one.
5: Oh no, no, not fun at all. I love a downer ending though. So I want to see that. Sometimes, Yeah. I mean, this one had some downer ending too. Like, I did love yeah. the way it ended, not to spoil it for anyone that you know, hasn't watched I I don't want to go into everything that happened at the end, just so uh, if anyone happened to hit play and hasn't seen this has some surprises ahead of them. But that, that final couple minutes were pretty powerful as well.
1: My name is Lisa Gonzalez and I can be found on Twitter at this Elisa. I'm
3: Andrew Lindy. I do other podcasts such as Nothing New, a remake podcast, uh, where every month my co-host and I talk about film remakes. You can find that at benviewnetwork.com slash nothing new. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at podcasterandrew.
4: I'm Bethany Brinton, a musician and composer, and you can find me on all of the social things at Bethany Brinton. And we are It's On My List. And you can find us everywhere at It's On My List Pod, uh, including It's On My List Pod at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, go ahead.
0: Uh, I am Cheryl Jones. You can find me at SpeedwayCJ on, what, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Listen to five years of Movies Made Me uh, everywhere you listen to podcasts. And come pay me a visit at the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures and catch a movie down there. We've got a killer theater.
5: And I'm Joe Myers, and I can say that museum is killer because Elisa and I went and visited it the other day. I also do a horror podcast called The Podcast Macabre. You can find our social media presence and everything about us at podcastmacabre.com and uh, you can find myself at Twitter and Instagram at that Joe Myers. and keep an eye out, I do have a new podcast in the works uh, The Seven Samurai Second,
2: where I watch one second
5: of Seven Samurai <laughs> no. with a movie that is borrowed from it and we see if I die before I finish.
0: Man, yeah, that'll be a long-running show.
5: And this has been It's on my list.